Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and I'm joined by Aram in Toronto. What's up, Aram? Not much. Just a great day of Bay Area sports. Yeah, yeah. So this was, I guess... Clay Day, the return of Clay Thompson. Hashtag Clay Day. Yeah. yeah, hashtag Clay Day, which I got to admit, I I did use that hashtag just, just to see what would happen. I don't know. I, I texted my sister not knowing it was a hashtag. <laughs> so this was Clay Thompson's first game, finally, in 941 days. The Warriors beat the Cavs 96-82. I'll admit, like usually during games, I take a bunch of notes. But this one, I just kind of sat back and watched it. I just wanted to enjoy it as a fan. Yes, I rewound a hell of a lot <laughs> and replayed a bunch of uh, plays. But what did you think about this game? How did you feel watching this? In the beginning, I think it was uh, it was just really cool to see how excited everybody else was, you know. And it's been building up. Obviously, like you said, 941 days or whatever. Like, that's a long, long time. I saw a few, like, you know, trivia things. Just because it's been building up, people have been talking about it. Like, the things that have happened. And, like, these wild things that he had never played in Chase Center. Mm -hmm. And that um, the duration of Alan Smiley Geach's career happened in the time that Clay was out. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, there's, I mean, this is a long time coming. And so to see uh, the fans, the his teammates, everybody just uh, so happy to see him back and, and to see him himself being so obviously emotional about it. That was really cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't really think of somebody in Bay Area sports or my sports fandom who has had this kind of connection with fans for this duration of time and it you know he's he's been around on the warriors for what is it 10 or 11 seasons when they did the mm -hmm. intros and it's like 11 11 yeah, yeah, yeah. 11th year out of washington state it's like whoa he's been around for a long time you know you think about somebody like tin lincecum i think yeah maybe is kind of a parallel but he was much more shy you know i mean people loved him because he had that kind of uh outsider 
quirky character, but he wasn't very vocal and, 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 you know, he didn't post on Instagram and that kind of thing. Like clay is accessible. Um, like he gives you enough to be accessible so that you can really engage with him as a fan and, and, and the fact that he's been around for so long. So, I mean, really impactful. And it's just hard to think of an, an analog in Bay area sports. I mean, there's plenty of icons, but He's pretty unique. I mean, I will say, I mean, Clay and Linscombe were very similar to me. It's just that Clay became vocal after he got hurt, right? Like Linscombe Linscombe just never really let you in, never really communicated because by the time he left, he was kind of done, right? Unfortunately. Yeah, Yeah, he had a much shorter career. They both seem to be into like CBD type stuff, I would assume. You know, so there's there's that. But yeah, the, the beginning of this game, man, like I, I I was a little bit emotional, not like like super emotional, but it was such a such a long wait <laughs> for fans and people like us who'd followed. And I just kept thinking back to the conversations we've had. And then also just the last time Clay played. Right. Because I realized that, too, last time he played was the last game in Oracle. <laughs> I wonder if he's even been back in that building. And then this was his first game ever at Chase. His first game playing with Poole, Wiggins, and anybody not named Steph, Draymond, Kevon Looney, Andre Godala, or Damian Lee, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And it was cool. Like, it was cool seeing him sitting there getting announced last for the first time ever, you yeah. know? And he had, like, a really, really just, like, straight-laced, stoic stone face. I was... I was anxious. I was anxious because I just didn't want him to hurt himself again. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, you asked me how I feel. That was the the prevailing emotion was like anxiety. Like any anytime something involved his legs, because we know like these were major, major, major leg injuries, right? And uh-huh. just like I don't like. How did you feel when he did that dunk? I was worried because the last time too. he tried to dunk, Danny Green. Hit, ran into him and, and injured his ACL, tore his ACL. Yep. And then there was that one play. He was chasing somebody after uh, Cleveland Steel, chasing somebody on the break, and he and he stumbled or he tripped. I was yeah. like, oh, no, okay, okay, he's okay. His first drive to the basket, I was like, God, that was not an easy shot. I was very impressed. But, you know, like they were saying on NBA TV, he trusted his body, and that's partly due to the fact that I'm assuming – like taking all that extra time coming back, yeah. not coming back for Christmas, you know, taking another week or two just to get into that, not just game shape, but just that confidence in what his body's able to do. And I was never fully relieved because when he came back in the fourth quarter, I was like, don't hurt yourself. Yeah, yeah. Is he warmed up enough? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I think for a while we're going to have these kind of kid gloves feelings about it. Whereas, like you said, he has been playing in these full contact five on five scrimmages for two plus months right so i'm sure he's way past that which is nice to see i you know one of the things i i also thought about was you know he was never like cut or ripped or anything like that and especially the kind of later uh career he was kind of um not not thick i mean he's just a sturdy guy and so Mm -hmm. i was like i was like oh like his arms have some definition he looks good (laughs) he looks like in good shape you know he actually looks trimmer than he was uh the last time we saw him so um, not that that means anything, but, but obviously with leg injuries, you want to, you want to keep, stay trim and, and, and keep the weight off and those kinds of things. Um, not that that's any, in any doubt, but it was, it was nice to see him. I mean, it definitely looked 
like the up and down of this kind of game versus uh you know a short scrimmage that kind of thing he didn't move very much during the game (laughs) you know that off ball movement that you would expect from him and you know which had been a long time from when i had seen him play last um but obviously he moved off the ball so much more and he didn't really do that much today he did a lot of relocation uh especially Mm -hmm. in the second half and that was really nice to see um the one thing was like i haven't seen him play in so long that when he did these kind of mid-range shots, it was like, did he do those before? I don't remember. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's been so long. He did. He did. Because a lot of them would come out of his his post-up moves, you know? Because like when he would post up, he wouldn't go to the basket. He wouldn't back someone down and then take it to the rack. He would back them down and then fade away. I was watching him on defense he did okay when he got switched on to smaller guys, I thought. But I was like, okay, he's guarding Larry Markin, <laughs> you know, like a six ten dude, and whatever. Like Clay's a uh, a strong guy, still is, and you know, I thought I thought he was fine out there. I mean, you know, like it was interesting trying to figure out like what is Steve Kerr going to do. I mean, people have been talking about this. What's he going to do about like rotations and minutes and trying to figure that out? That's something I'm going to keep my eye on just to see how evolves you know because i mean obviously draymond didn't play came out after the tip and they definitely missed him you know yeah the Uh, offense was really clogged up yeah and you know jta in the starting lineup just doesn't do it for you but it's going to be interesting to see how they keep the flow going i mean obviously once draymond comes back it'll it'll be a lot better but you know like pool getting fewer touches fewer minutes Wiggins getting fewer touches, no sight of any of the young guys, you know, uh, no, no. Movie, yeah. No, I mean, it, you, you do realize, and this has been a theme all year of just how deep this team is yeah. and you know, the, that we've gotten to 30 wins uh, or 29 wins without clay. So that's pretty remarkable. And it speaks to the depth. And when he came out of the game and it's like, Oh, pool's coming in. Oh, GP two's coming in. And and it's a nice thing to see. It's a good problem to have. You know, one of the real irreplaceable pieces though is Draymond. I mean, you just see how much the offense was bogged down today and, yeah. you know, try as they might to have JTA or, Andre fill in in that role. It just doesn't quite move in the same way. And mm-hmm. and I think also Clay was with his shot hunting was really bogging things down a little bit too. Right, right. Um, yeah. Which is fair. It's fine. Let yeah. him let him do it. You know. Uh, I think you know they were also hunting it for him too for a while, especially in that that first quarter. But it's going to take some time to get him reintegrated in it because it almost felt like it's like does he know where to go? Because <laughs> he's not going to the right places. Um, um, so I, I'm sure it's going to take some time to to get that get that Warriors offense flow, you know, because he was dribbling so much. It's like, yeah, it was it was a little weird. It's like, oh, this is like what other teams play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just see some dude dribbling around and, and, you know, shoot a not very good shot. You know, he used to do that like once a game or something, you know, kind of dribble around see if he can get something but in this game every time he got the ball it's like oh he's not passing (laughs) and and yeah i was cool with that because i was like what's he gonna do yeah yeah. (laughs) you know i wanted to see him get shots up what he ended up with 17 yeah yeah not bad 17 which was uh i i uh, i asked you before the game i said what was your prediction i said i said eight points 
two three pointers, a couple of rebounds, and lower than fifty percent shooting. So that's what I I did get that correct. But you were you were much more, uh, or a little bit more ambitious. A little bit more, yeah. I said I said eleven points, but I generally agreed. And yeah, he he hit three three threes instead of two, and he shot seven for eighteen. So, and he had three boards. So yeah, you know, um, I, I didn't I didn't think he was going to be uh, come out gunning so much. So I, I guess I I thought was going to try to fit in but there was a part of me that i was like oh he's gonna he's gonna get shots up uh, like there was a scrimmage right the one in denver when the denver game was canceled <laughs> and i think steph said like he got up a ton of shots in like just yeah. a handful of minutes yeah so you felt like he was going to do it because you know, he's going on the road now you know he wanted to get his shots up in front of the home crowd yeah and- just to go back to those mid-rangers you know I actually felt like I couldn't remember how much he used those before. And, and I think we've talked about that Steph should get though, you know, can get those whenever he wants. And maybe he should just because they're overplaying him so much, but seeing clay, it's like, he's big and he, he definitely can get that mid ranger anytime he wants. And it's not a bad shot. So I was totally okay with it. You know, like the, the sideways fades, you know, maybe not so much, but but he's so big. Yeah, he can really get that shot. It's a useful thing when the offense is sputtering a little bit, which the offense was sputtering tonight. Um, once he gets into the flow, I, I could see that being something that they can just go to. It's like, okay, you know, go go get a go get a mid-range shot, right? Like late era Kobe and MJ, you know, like just go mm-hmm. get it, right? Paul Pierce, whatever, right? Um, mm-hmm. Those can be reliable shots, a really reliable source of offense. And um, every time we've lost, uh, it's been because the offense has bogged down. So if there's a reliable place to go to, then, hey, let's do it. Especially since Clay shoots it so high, such a high release point. You know, he got one up over Markinen, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, it's not bad. And on some of the replays from the sidelines, I was like, man, he really jumps back on those. I was trying to remember if he jumped as far back before, but I don't know if that's an adjustment or if it's just, I I don't remember. But um, there was that one, that fadeaway he did, like he dribbled down close to the baseline. Yeah. That was impressive because he was (laughs) moving nonstop. And I mean, it's hard to shoot on the move, let alone like down to the baseline and then pivoting and then fading away towards the baseline. Yeah. I was impressed. I mean, I'm like in a month, like how good will he be? It could be bad news for the rest of the league, like legitimately bad, bad news. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, outside of Stephen Clay, nobody really hit any threes tonight. Poole hit a couple. I think Otto missed all of them. <laughs> um, but yeah. that's okay. You know, they're not going to always, they're not going to, most of the time, they're not going to have nights like that. But yeah, just having another, I mean, just seeing those Clay threes go in, it just, they, that was really comforting to see just having another weapon offensively. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and there's there were a few drives that opened up for Steph because Clay was in the corner, that kind of thing. Like all that stuff is going to really matter, especially once, you know, once other teams remember what it was like to play against him too, right? Just as much as we trying to remember what he used to be like, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, what is he going to look like in a month? What is he going to look like by playoff time? That's going to be that's going to be really exciting. There's going to be some rough patches. I'm expecting that. I mean, this this upcoming road trip is pretty. Uh, yeah. It's a pretty tough one, and you're playing some pretty tough defenses too. You got the Grizzlies, you got the Bulls, you got Milwaukee, <laughs> and the Timberwolves. Not bad either, right? So mm-hmm. um, it's going to be interesting to see how he fares against them, especially you know if their offense is you know 
still adjusting to having him there. Yeah, and those are all teams with like good wings and good guards, right? Like how's Clay going to fare against Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and even like, you know, Lonzo Ball to some extent? And is he going to guard... Anthony Edwards, you know, <laughs> I don't um, think so. So more like D'Angelo Russell. He's going to get switched on to these guys no matter what, right? At some yeah, point. it's true. It's so true. We'll see. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone is going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm curious. I had seen Mobley play in a few other games, non-Warriors games, but uh, what, did, what, did you, what do you think of him? I like him. I really, really wish James Wiseman played tonight. Oh, yeah. I wanted to see how they match up. And, you know, Wiseman is the next one to come off the uh, mm-hmm. injured list. I would have loved to have seen him play Mobley because they are the two big men that have been drafted at the top of the draft the last two years. And they played against each other in high school. And everybody talks smack about James Wiseman, but they elevate. Mobley. I think Mobley has been as advertised after an early rough patch. He does have those small man skills more yeah, than Wiseman pretty, does. He's pretty fluid. And he has good instincts. He'll be a great player no matter what. I just wanted to see Wiseman like in general, but up against this guy, it would have been a great matchup. And I wonder watching Mobley a little bit this season, like, oh, how would Wiseman have developed on a team like the Cavs? Mm-hmm. Did you see that part where um uh gp2 jumped over mobley yes yes i was like <laughs> i was like oh dang um thank god mobley didn't stand up or else yeah GP2 I, was little, I was a little worried about that <laughs> he would have lost some teeth landing a uh, face first on the floor if uh, mobley uh stood up i gotta give a shout out to kavon looney man though you oh, know talking about centers like that dude had 18 boards man <laughs> and and they were tough ones too they weren't just gimmies yeah, and I was concerned about the Cavs' size up front. I mean, they run out like three guys who are at least 6'9 to 7 feet or 6'11 or whatever, and the Warriors don't. You know, and They didn't have Draymond out there either. They ran out, as we talked about, JTA to come in right after the tip. And Looney, I mean, he took it on himself, and he had 18 boards, nine offensive boards, and he was plus 19. Yeah, he was great. He He's worked so hard. And I would think that it's a confluence of, you know, him getting his body right um, and some of the coaching, some mm-hmm. of the opportunity, the minutes to to play this, you know, and the encouragement to to be a little bit more aggressive with his shot. He had a he had a 12 foot jumper. That was that was pretty nice. Oh, yeah. Very unexpected. Uh, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's high school loony. 
<laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I was watching. I was watching a, a Kavan Looney mixtape. Uh, high school Kavan Looney. Wow, uh, totally different guy. Uh, yeah. I mean, it just shows you what what health can do, right? For people who don't know, I think you and I probably saw the same Kavan Looney mixtape from high school. And I, a few years ago, I think I made a blog post when I used to write blog posts about a Kavon Looney mixtape that I saw and how his comp was Kevin Durant. So if you have not watched any of this stuff, Google that stuff because it is crazy. Like Kavon Looney is just, he's not Kevin Durant, but he handles the ball, shoots from outside, way more fluid, way more athletic. And he dominated He's crossing dudes up for sure. And and he's got little jumpers and dunks and he's in, he looks incredible. And Jordan Poole, who is also from Milwaukee, where uh, Kavon Looney's from, says that Kavon Looney used to just beat the hell out of everybody on the court before. You know, he's kind of a, a local legend. Props to him for working hard and finding his niche in this league. And I know I've said it before, but also the Milievich, uh the big man coach. And I, mm-hmm. I know he's worked with Looney a lot, just as much as Wiseman. So you just think about like this year's Looney versus last year's Looney. And last year's Looney was all right. Uh, but mm-hmm. this was, year's Looney has been so much better. And if, if that same amount of improvement from Wiseman happened, like, yeah, yeah, I'll take that. Uh, yeah. Just, the the aggressiveness, um, the rebounding, the like picking your spots to plug into the offense, and it's coming. I wonder about Bielitsa. To be honest, yeah. I think I think I was watching Phoenix play the other night, and they got some big dudes. He just doesn't match up well against bigs, right? Nah. Like I I feel like he's the one that is the most uh, precarious. If and and it all depends really on on how Wiseman plays i know they like to bring bielitsa in as that kind of backup stretch five but right now he ain't stretching it because he's not making anything yeah and then anytime he doesn't shoot he decides to drive and it's a turnover so and this has been happening for a while and he has it in him obviously to to shoot well and to pick his spots a little bit better and he does try to rebound and and but just he sometimes he just gets muscled uh, and put in the basket, right? Yeah. So I, that is a real concern, I think. And are they willing to just live with that? Uh, all of that really depends on how how good Wiseman looks and how much can he compete against those physical centers uh, yeah. in in that backup role. I have it on uh, on tape in one of the episodes is your call that uh, the Warriors should get rid of Bielitsa if they try to get... <laughs> Mark Gasol. So, well, we'll I don't know how Gasol happens. looks in Spain right now. Maybe he's uh, maybe he's coasting, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, we got to get some tape on that. So he's playing on a team that he founded. So maybe he's <laughs> uh, maybe he is coasting. But uh, hey, on my on my softball team that I also founded, I I don't coast at all. So <laughs> so in fact, I give it all about, I give it all I got. So but, I'm sure Mark is doing the same. But you're maniacally uh, competitive. <laughs> One thing I do hope for is that Andrew Wiggins continues to be aggressive now that Clay's back. Um, he only had nine shots plus 16. I've really enjoyed watching Wiggins play. He had that one massive dunk uh, in the first quarter, which if you go back and look at it, it was a nice little mid-air clutch at the basket yeah. uh, to evade the, the defender's hand. And I was like, oh, yeah, 
Andrew Wiggins was traded by the Cavs. That's why he's <laughs> coming after them. But he didn't. He didn't put enough shots. No, he didn't. He didn't. But he had his moments, and he picked a few spots to be aggressive and try to get a bucket. And like he, he seems to have an awareness of where the game is going at at the moment. You know, mm-hmm. like a, a little bit more presence of mind. Be like, okay, I need to do this right now. And so, sure, he he'll have a 22 footer here and there but i've liked seeing that 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 aggression and totally agree we got to get my man to the all-star game (laughs) my man wiggins to the all-star game and can i also say um can we get my man steve kerr a better face mask i've seen all of these uh interviews on twitter you know because of clay thing and he was doing a sideline thing with uh cassidy hubbard the other night and Uh it's just like his face mask is like constantly getting pulled down by his chin and it's like steve how far are we into this pandemic we should have better masks by now ones that fit snugly over our the top of our nose so um please somebody somebody out in oakland warriors land get my man steve kerr a better face mask please <laughs> uh, that sounds like a good way to wrap this up man <laughs> very passionate about that come All on right. steve yeah a good way to wrap up clay day hashtag clay day all right man thanks for coming on it's always a good time uh this has been another episode of the oakland warriors podcast be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast feel free to hit me up on twitter at patrick epino epino or at oakland warriors you can find aram at aram collier a-r-a-m-c-o-l-l-i-e-r check us out oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow warrior fan friends to tune in and listen to the oaklandwarriors podcast is produced by national film society and is a part of the basketball podcast network and if you're so inclined please leave us a five-star review on spotify and or apple Podcasts and say nice stuff about us in a review that's it music in this episode provided by paper sun special thanks to paul amardo for production support See you next time.